0: When I first got the keys to my very first classroom, I wish somebody had slapped the laminator out of my hand and sat me down to tell me what really mattered for classroom setup and organization, because I blew a lot of money and time those first few couple years. Hello, my Time Crunch teachers, and welcome to the show. This is your team teacher, Marielle Derosier, here to help you optimize your teaching, technology, and time management. Today we're talking all about my little secrets, about how I spend my classroom setup day. Yeah, you know that day where everyone's running around and frantically making last minute trips to Target and Staples to get their classroom set up. Well, guess what? It only takes me an hour or two. Shh, don't you dare tell anybody and ruin my chances of hiding out in my room for the rest of the day, having snacks with my teacher besties, because that time is special. So if you've ever fantasized about turning your classroom from an episode of Hoarders into something featured in Sparking Joy, then you have come to the right place. Today's episode focuses on three topics, how to use technology to keep you organized from the get-go, the physical systems I use in my classroom to keep it looking super tidy, And the simplest and cheapest decor ideas to turn your class into the show-off class. That's right. The one your principal uses to show off to the superintendent. Listen, I might not know what I'm doing when the superintendent comes to visit, but you better bet I look good doing it. All right. First topic is technology that doesn't involve hiding TPT invoices from your spouse. And the reason why we're going to use technology to keep the rest of our classroom organized is it's going to allow us to be accountable for what needs to be done. And just like I love a great template anytime I have to do something more than once, I also like using technology to help me stay organized for any systems or ideas or processes that need to happen more than once. And so I'm going to explain how I do that to keep my classroom organized. The first thing you're going to want to start is a Google Keep list. Now, Google Keep is very similar to Google Tasks, except for that I think Google Tasks visually just looks like that, like a task list or a to-do list. Whereas Google Keep looks more like a series of post-it notes or sticky notes that you can customize different colors, you can put text and you can put images. So I like Google Keep for a little bit more of that visual organization more so than just a to-do list. And what we're going to do with Google Keep is we're essentially creating a checklist that you can reset and reuse year after year and also organize them by topic. Google Keep is really easy to access from Gmail or you can also download the app to use with any of your phone, tablet, computer. Even if you use Apple products, they still have a Google Keep app that you can use. Okay, here's how I like to use Google Keep if it's the end of your school year. If you're like me, you have to pack up your entire classroom at the end of the year and it can be hard to remember where do I put what when we come back in August so when you are packing up your class you're going to start a Google Keep checklist that basically goes through where everything's going to be when you come back in the beginning of your school year and want to set everything up this can be visual you can actually take pictures and dump it in your Google Keep list or you can create text lists where you are writing out what needs to go in certain areas for example Maybe you have certain supplies that go in the student desks or student cubbies and you want to make sure they go there. Or maybe you have a special way that you organize your classroom library, that sort of thing. If this is the beginning of your school year, you can do the exact same thing as you're setting everything up. So as I set up my classroom, I like to have a Google Keep a note open either on my phone or on my computer where I am doing that setup for the classroom library or maybe I'm doing it for my teacher area or even the small teacher table and I'm writing a list of all of the things that I'm doing like okay I have my three-tier cart and in it it has our phonics flashcards and it also has my teacher's manual it has pencils, whatever it might be. That way, as you're setting up your classroom, you can remember exactly what goes where and you don't have to rely on your memory. Like I said earlier, you can also take pictures, which is really great for classroom setup. So as I'm setting up, or if it's the end of the year, as I'm packing up, I'll just take a really quick picture and I can dump it into whatever Google Keep note I want that it goes with. So for example, you might have a specific Google Keep Note for your student desks and supplies that maybe it has things like, okay, I need to make sure I have the student folders, pencils, pencil boxes, whatever it might be. So I have one Google Keep Note that has that. And then I just take a picture of everything and it dumps into that note. And so I can just look at it. And underneath, I have the text list with all the different checkboxes where I can check off as I'm creating the, what goes in each student desk, I'm checking off. Okay. I put out all the pencils. Okay. I put out all the pencil boxes, whatever it might be. I also have a Google keep note. For all the different labels I have to create at the beginning of the year, whether it's the desktop name labels, whether it's labels for the student passwords that they need to have because they have a billion things they have to log in on their Chromebook. And of course, all the passwords are like super wacky letter number combinations. So I print all those out for the kids at the end of the year. What's awesome is that I can also link the template I use for those notes and labels in the Google Keep note. So for example, I have very specific Avery template I use for their cubby labels, or I have a Canva template that I use for their desktop nameplates. I can link all those directly into Google Keep. That way I'm not searching through trying to remember where I designed that particular thing. I just click on it and I delete last year's information and I put in the new information for the current school year. I also have a Google Keep list for all of my setup instructions. So for example, there are things that I have to remember are ready to go before the first day of school. And for me, that's things like I have to create a first day of school seating chart. I have to write a specific message on my bulletin board, that sort of thing. And I don't wanna forget something super important like printing out a student roster. So I have a set up specific checklist in my Google Keep where I have all of those and I can just mark off as they get done for the first day of school. As a side note in terms of organization, especially if you're doing a lot of labeling or putting out names is please, please, please do not assign student numbers yet or maybe ever. I actually don't use them, but they're very popular in lower elementary. And essentially what it is, is you put the students in alphabetical order by first or last name for that matter. And then they are numbered just one through however many students you have, one through 24, one through 36, whatever it might be. And then that way, you know, students start to remember their numbers or and they write them on their papers because it's very easy to alphabetize them by number than by last name. And so what you can do is you can also see, oh, okay, well, number five's missing from the stack of papers. I know who that is and It's more of an organization system that works well if and only if you are not like me and you don't have your student roster change a lot throughout the school year. So to be honest, if you are somebody who's going to use classroom numbers, I would suggest waiting at least two to three weeks into your school year before you actually set those numbers or at the very least before you tell the children what their number is going to be. There's just too much rearranging that needs to happen. And I don't like labeling things with a student number because if one or two kids comes or leaves on my roster, then I have to redo all of their numbers for the kids whose name come after that kid. And so I would just suggest putting that off for a little bit. A resource that I like to mention a lot and I have mentioned earlier is Canva. Now you guys know I don't do sponsorships on my channel. However, I do talk about products that I use and love. Canva by no means is a sponsor or affiliated with this channel at all, but Canva is fantastic for any sort of design elements. And what's great is you can sign up for an Educator Pro account, which makes every single thing free. And I love Canva for, like I said, the nameplates for the desk, the amazing meet the teacher templates, or even a weekly newsletter. So I highly suggest you sign up for a free account for them, and I'll be sure to link directly how to do that in the show notes for this episode. Okay, now that we've used technology to get ourselves organized, let's talk about the actual physical organization, aka keeping the crap out of sight. Now, before I talk about where everything goes in the classroom, we have to cart everything from our home or garage or living room or wherever we've been storing it over the summer to school. And I'm going to tell you my favorite teacher cart. Now, I know everybody, including me, had those Plasticky fold up ones that theoretically fold up flat, but you end up going through like five or six of them because they either completely collapse from the weight of something or the handle gets stuck or jammed and they basically become unusable and you end up perching them over and over again. I think I found the solution. So instead of buying those foldable ones, what you're going to do is go down to your local like big box store or hardware store. You can definitely find these online. And you are going to search for a fold up hand truck. Now I know what you're picturing. You're picturing those gigantic things used to move like refrigerators. That's not what I'm talking about. This is like a little tiny hand truck. But what's nice about it is the bottom folds up and also the handles telescope down. And so that way, if you needed to fold down the handle, you could. But what's cool about this is even though you can fold it up and it's fairly light, they can hold something like 150 pounds worth of gear. Now, I don't know what you're carting back and forth. That's 150 pounds. Maybe it's your student teacher. But I'm telling you, this thing can hold it. Now that you have the hand cart, here's what you're going to put on top of it. Go and just get a simple milk crate. They're like five, six, maybe ten dollars. You can get them in a fun color if you want. And then what I like to do is I like to zip tie that onto the hand truck. Now, the hand truck will kind of hold it on its own, but you don't want stuff tipping to the left or right. So I like to zip tie it, and it's fantastic. I can carry everything back and forth. It carries a ton of weight and supplies, and it even fits. You know, like those portable grading bins that I talked about in one of my YouTube videos. It's the perfect size to schlep stuff around, especially if you have to be a mobile teacher and you're moving from class to class opposed to the students coming to you or being in a classroom the whole day with the kids. My next little organization hack is what to put on your key lanyard. So most of us wear our keys around our neck on a lanyard. And what I like to do is I like to have a clear plastic ID badge holder. Sort of like the kind that hold name tags or um, ID holders at conventions, that sort of thing. And you just get one and you clip it onto your lanyard. But what's important is what goes inside of it. So on one side, I like to print out in very small font, my student roster. And that's really nice to have on me all the time, whether we're lining up for lunch and they have to be in alphabetical order, whether there's an emergency or even just a drill and I need to make sure all the students are present, I can look down the roster really quickly. And it's especially great the first couple weeks as you're learning everybody's name, you can just look at it because if you're like me, you're wearing your keys all the time. And so it's nice to have your student roster on you at all time. Funnily enough, I don't I don't know why, but maybe it's the fact that I wear it all the time. My second graders love looking at it, and I don't know what's like special about it. It's just their names in alphabetical order. But if we are waiting somewhere, the first couple kids in line will always pick up that Lanyard badge holder and like just start reading through everybody's names. I I don't know why, but they love it. So you know there's that bonus too. On the other side of the lanyard badge holder, I like to print out a very simple version of my weekly schedule. Start in ed times, especially if you're like us, we one of the days of the week and early, and so maybe your recesses are a little bit different time or lunches at a different time. I like having that on my lanyard as a really quick reference, especially if the school schedule changes or if I want to mark when I have my yard duties, it's nice to have that. So have your lanyard with the plastic ID holder with one side with the student roster and the other side your weekly schedule. The next thing is something a lot of teachers have asked me about and that's how to organize student headphones. Now I'm not talking about the little in-ear buds because those are actually pretty small and you have a lot of different options. I'm talking about the big over-the-ear ones. Let me tell you where never put it don't let the kids put it in their desk. (laughs) They will make a huge mess of the cord. Um, It'll break, they'll bend, they'll always get caught in something, they'll go to pull it out and like five books will come with it. So that is not a good solution. However, I think I have found the solution. I went and purchased an over the door plastic shoe organizer. And it's the kind with like the big pockets that normally people put on the back of closet doors and they shove their shoes in but they're also really great for student headphones. So you teach the kids to take the headphones and wrap the cord around them just so they're not dragging it everywhere. And then they each have their label pocket and their headphone goes right in the pocket and it's easy to go. Now, sometimes those organizers are super long because they're meant to go on a door that's, you know, six feet or whatever in height at least. And so if they're plastic, you can actually Cut them in half like horizontally, and then take the top half and put it next to the bottom half. That way, kids can reach it because they might not be able to reach the highest pocket. What's also great about that is you can go pick up command hooks, and you don't need to hang this thing over the door. I just put command hooks up around the classroom and I hang up the shoe organizer wherever the kids need to access their headphones. So maybe it's next to the Chrome card, or maybe it's on the inside of a big cabinet that you are looking for extra storage space. But what's great is it keeps the headphones super tidy and out of their desks. The next little organization tip is for labeling student workbooks. Now, if you're like me and you teach with the Bridges curriculum, now I don't know if it's the publisher or whoever did this, but somebody decided that the number corner student workbook, and then the regular student workbook, we're going to look pretty much identical, except they have slightly inverted colors. And I'm telling you for a second grader, especially when I wasn't learned how to read yet, they cannot tell the difference. So every time I'm like, get out your number corner book, I have a thousand questions of like, is it this one? Is it this one? Wait, that's not the right one. So all you have to do, and this is great if you have a lot of student workbooks, even if they don't look the same, is go get colored duct tape And just put the duct tape along the spine, the outside spine of the book. And now you can say, oh, okay, pull out your blue workbook or pull out the red workbook. And all they have to do is look for the tape. They pull it out. They're ready to go. Now, for the next organization hack, this is the one that when people come into my classroom, they look at it and they're like, oh, that is such a good idea. That's how I'm gonna organize all of my coloring supplies from now on. So I want you to think about all the different coloring supplies you have. Maybe it is pens, maybe it's crayons, maybe it's colored pencils, whatever it might be. And most of us tend to give either each student an individual bin or we create some sort of caddy or cart that goes in the middle of the desk that have all the supplies in it. Sometimes I've seen it where they are all together and then the teacher has a student job to hand out the supplies. All of those systems look beautiful the first day and then they completely fall apart <laughs> immediately after because either all the blue and black markers get used up and so none of the tables have blue or black and then one group has like all the yellow somehow. And then also you're constantly like breaking different supplies or having to replace them or that's the endless line of like sharpening the colored pencils that just goes on and on and on. Here's what I did instead. I went and bought a bunch of open front stackable bins from the dollar store, although I'm sure you can get them in lots of different places. And most people use these in their home for things like toiletries, or I've actually even seen them in kitchens, like picture what a storage bin would be for onions or potatoes, where the bins are stacked, but the front of them are open. That's the type of thing you want to look for. I bought, I don't know, 16, 20 of these kind of depending on how much slip you have. And then I organized each bin by type and by color. So for example, I have all the red markers in one bin, I have all the red crayons in another bin, and all the red colored pencils in another, and it might sound like you are buying a bunch of bins, and you are, except they're at the dollar store, so they're not that bad in terms of price. But more importantly, they last an incredibly long time, And you just need to give up a little bit of bookshelf space because they they stack and they go pretty well in a small area. But what's great about it is if students need to color something, they just walk over and grab a red marker or a red colored pencil. Or if you're doing an activity where they need red and green and blue and yellow, you can send a couple of kids and they get all the supplies for everybody and it's super fast. And they can also put them away really quickly at the end of the day. Additionally, if there's a kid who just loves sharpening pencils, you know, every now and then after school, you have them grab the bin of, you know, red and pink colored pencils and they sharpen all of them or they grab all the blues and they sharpen them and they're done. You don't have kids doing it throughout the entire day. So get different bins organize all the supplies by color. If you want to see what this looks like in action I have a YouTube video where I show how I set everything up and what it looks like so I'll make sure to link that in the description box. The last and final topic I want to talk about is decor or how to make your classroom look great without having to make everything look like shiplap and messy cursive. Now I find it's super fun to have a classroom theme and to come up with fun cute adorable ways to decorate your classroom but I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if I've ever had a student actually notice it. Now, they do notice if a class is clean and tidy and inviting and warm and welcoming, but they are not going to be like, oh, last year your theme was birds and this year it's jungle. What an amazing, significant improvement that you made, Ms. D." They just care that it looks nice and it's warm and inviting. So these are the things I do on day one to make sure my classroom has that feeling without breaking the bank and also knowing that most of my walls are probably going to be covered with student work or anchor charts really soon. So it's okay if for a couple of weeks, it looks relatively bare as long as it is warm and welcoming. My first suggestion is to go to the dollar store and pick up a set of tablecloths, those plastic tablecloths, Usually people use them that are disposable. Target also has a bunch of them too. I'm sure whatever big box stores around you has options. But what's great is you can get them in solid colors or patterns. Now, what you're going to do with those plastic tablecloths is use them to cover your bulletin boards. You won't have to fight the paper. You won't have to be trying to cut it. I don't know about you, but whenever I try to cut that really big bulletin board paper, it either rips instantly, like I'm trying to wrap gifts, or it ends up... No matter how perfect or slow I go, it ends up looking like a trapezoid and never a perfect rectangle that I need. So save yourself the time and fight over that paper. So save your time with the fight with the paper and instead get the plastic tablecloths. They last forever, they're super cheap, they're already square or rectangle and you can cut them to fit if you want. And what's nice is they will cut really straight, they won't rip like paper, and you can pull them tight and staple them and they come in a variety of colors and patterns. The next is what I use to divide my whiteboard. I know many of you are probably like me where you have a very large whiteboard at the front of the classroom and you like to have the student schedule or homework or whatever it might be written on the board and I have found that the easiest way to divide those sections is to just get colored masking tape, or you can just use black. It creates super straight lines, it lasts all year, and if you have to change it, all you have to do is pull it down and you're ready to go with creating new sections with new bits of tape. The next Piece of decor I use that isn't necessarily decorating, but the kids love it, is plants. I love having live plants in the classroom. It really warms up the space. It adds a lot of life. You can actually get them for pretty cheap. And there's a lot of different plants that work in offices or low light situations that even if you don't have a bunch of windows in your classroom, could still grow no problem. And the best part is you can have it be a class job to take care of them. My students Like being the horticulturalist or botanist or whatever you want to call that job, and they love taking care of the plants and making sure they're watered. The other funny thing my students do is um, they name all the plants, so as we bring a new plant in, they like giving them goofy names and referring to them by that name throughout the day. Now, if you have extra bit of cash, here is where I would put it in my classroom lighting. Having floor lamps or even a little tabletop lamp on your teacher table is so nice to have instead of those horrendous overhead, I don't know, are they fluorescent? I feel like it's been the same light bulbs since I was a student in the 80s. Like they never change it. It's super jarring and feels very institutional. So if you can afford a few floor lamps or Or a couple table lamps for maybe your teacher table and your desk. I think they do a fantastic job warming up the space and then you can turn off the overhead lamps and it feels so much more warm and inviting. Here is my favorite money saving tip for those super large classroom rugs that a lot of primary school teachers like having for circle time or whatever it might be. Now, I don't know if you've ever actually opened one of the school supply catalogs and looked at what the prices are for those gigantic rugs they are like, mm, I think they start at like $250 for the tiny ones and can go up into the thousands, which proves to me where the district is spending all their money. It's on those classroom rugs for like kinder. And also, by the way, they never have squares big enough to fit an actual child. So you're spending hundreds of dollars or the school spending hundreds of dollars on these gigantic rugs, and the poor kids are all squished together because none of them fit in that square. So here's my solution. If you need a really big rug for the kids to sit on, Go to the end of summer clearance sales at whatever stores are in your town and look for the outdoor rugs. They are in vibrant colors. You can hose them or power wash them off if they get dirty. They're super light and easy to move. And because they're outdoor, they're that kind of tight weave or low pile. So they don't pill. They don't create a huge mess. You don't have a lot of issues with it trapping a bunch of dirt in it. And even if it does, you can just drag it outside and hose it off and you're good to go. So hit the end of summer clearance sales and get yourself a huge outdoor rug for cheap. All right, if you're a teacher turned inspired interior decorator, or at the very least, reformed hoarder, and are interested in more quick tips for classroom organization, then head on over to my YouTube channel, The Time Crunch Teacher, to see these and many, many more ideas in action. And don't worry, organization is my jam, so be on the lookout for future episodes dedicated to all sorts of ways to keep and stay organized. All right, today's classroom story is about the dumbest thing I ever did when preparing for my first classroom. All right, so I was a brand new teacher, so this would be the first classroom that I'd get to have all on my own, and I was hired by a private school And in setting up the classroom, one of the things I did is I spent an inordinate amount of time making bus passages and signage. And it was because I just come from student teaching in kindergarten and later in third grade where bus passes were like really the thing. Now, if you're listening to this in 2023 or later, you know that the district Uh, Gives you the bus passes, and sometimes they have a little code on it or they print out the kids' name and address and all that. But back in the day, we actually had to make those. So the teachers had to either type up or handwrite a bus pass for every single kid and where they lived. So here I was my first year teaching, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna get ready and I'm gonna make bus passes for all the kids. Some of them might get picked up, but most of them are probably gonna ride the bus. And so I spent a bunch of time you know, designing them and handwriting. in. this is before Pinterest. This is before TPT. Like I couldn't just find and print them out or buy them. I actually hand wrote all of them. And I was so proud. They looked super cute. And so fast forward to the end of the first day of school. And I start saying, okay, get the bus passes out. I am talking to the kids. I'm like, all right, whoever's riding the bus today, um, raise your hand and come with me because I have your bus pass. <laughs> And they all just, they all just burst out laughing. So if you haven't taught at a private school, actually, if you have taught at a private school, you know exactly where this is going. Um, most private schools don't have buses. <laughs> and I didn't know that because I'd only gone to public school and I had just done all my student teaching in public schools. So I had completely wasted my time. There was no school bus. Um, there was no need for these passes. And the children were laughing at me at the end of the first day, which, by the way, is a great way to instill confidence in the children. Moral of the story, always ask a seasoned teacher before you make something for your classroom. Thank you so much for your kind attention today. And remember, time you enjoy wasting is not wasted time. Until next time, teachers.